Hello everyone, it's Dr. Dave. Hopefully you're all doing well. Looking forward to whatever you're up to today. Going to create some great experiences. Today is Tuesday, May the 15th, and I'm here with your daily health update. And today we're going to be looking at what the signs are of a heart attack for women. And this wellness or prevention tidbit, when it comes to heart attacks, women are more likely to have a silent heart attack or display unusual symptoms. Common symptoms of a heart attack in women include chest pain, usually described as tightness, pressure, squeezing, and aching, extreme or unusual fatigue, weakness often associated with anxiety, dizziness, fainting, and feeling lightheaded, shortness of breath, sweating, upper body pain commonly in the neck, jaw, upper back, or either arm, sleep disturbance, and stomach problems such as pain, pressure, indigestion, nausea, and vomiting. If you suspect, of course, that you have symptoms of a heart attack, you should contact emergency services and 911 immediately. And that according to the American Heart Association. It's valuable because in North America, heart disease is one of the leading killers and um, women are actually luckier than men because the number one sign or symptom of a heart attack in men is usually the heart attack, at which point it's uh, definitely too late. So uh, if women, it's not good to sometimes downplay symptoms or treat them just to cover them up or mask them. It's good to find out why you're feeling what you're feeling because in this instance uh, with those symptoms it could very well be a heart attack all right um, in terms of exercise trying to avoid those heart attacks light physical activity is good for you I really like this idea of moderation no extremes just living everything well balanced and according to this new study any physical activity any physical activity is better than nothing a review of data from 72 published studies concluded that frequent bouts of light physical activity such as a slow bike ride or casual walk can improve blood glucose levels cardiometabolic health and longevity and that from the British Journal of Sports Medicine April 2018 I just live down the street from a personal trainer who's actually very well known in the greater Toronto area and uh, he's very big on social media but it was wonderful to see on Mother's Day that uh, he and his fiance, as well as their two sets of parents uh, what looked like after dinner where they were going for a walk around the neighborhood which is uh, a good thing to do after a big meal right so it doesn't have to be and he can work out he's uh, an intense guy with his workouts and he trains a lot of people but um, you know, there he was just going for a walk, which is awesome. In terms of diet, coffee can be safe for many with arrhythmias. Despite the conventional wisdom that individuals with abnormal heartbeat should avoid caffeinated beverages, a new analysis suggests coffee may be beneficial to some patients with abnormal heartbeat. The analysis, which looked at data concerning over 300,000 adults from eight published studies, found that drinking coffee reduced the frequency of episodes of atrial fibrillation by 6%. Additionally, the analysis showed that coffee drinkers had a 13% lower risk for developing atrial fibrillation. And that from the Clinical Electrophysiology Journal of April 2018. And these kinds of instances, however, um, with symptoms and then deciding what's healthy or not for you to either eat or do in terms of activity, it's always best to help. Contact a healthcare provider. So, just like on our daily health updates, you could go anywhere online and collect information, but know that none of it is really a diagnosis and it's not designed to treat, prevent, or cure you of anything otherwise, other than just stimulate your thinking and maybe allow you to take some action. But I would always do that in conjunction with your healthcare provider, all right? Even when it comes to your coffee consumption. Um, in this health alert, opioids are still overprescribed after surgery. A, sur a survey of 2,550 adults who underwent elective surgeries 
revealed that one in every three patients prescribed an opioid painkiller didn't take the medication during their recovery. Unfortunately, these unused opioids often end up lingering in patients' homes, potentially inviting abuse and addiction by family members. It's hoped this finding will convince physicians to only prescribe such medications following procedures that require heavier levels of pain management. And that in the American Surgical Association of April 2018. My mom was prescribed some painkillers after she went um, nasal surgery for polyps and she was all excited because she didn't have to take them because nobody likes to take them or wants to take them if they don't have to and uh, she thankfully made it through without having to take them. But same thing, they gave them to her and she had them because you know, you're worried that you might need them which is good if you do and that's what they're there for in the short term to help with something that's not tolerable. Um, but then the problem becomes you know, a lot of times even putting these into the water system can be at a little bit of an issue. Some people will flush them to get rid of them and, and that's not necessarily the best thing to do. Always good to take them back to your pharmacy if you don't want them to let them uh, dispose of them properly. Anxiety and meditation. Anxiety has been linked to cardiovascular changes that can lead to high blood pressure and long-term damage to various organs. In a new study that involved 14 men and women with high levels of anxiety, researchers found that engaging in a 60-minute session of mindful meditation not only led to a reduction in anxiety symptoms, but also a measurable improvement in arterial function. The lead researcher notes this could help to reduce stress on organs like the brain and kidneys and help prevent conditions such as high blood pressure, and that according to the American Physiological Society in April 2018. 60 minutes is great. It's probably very, very helpful if someone can engage in that. It probably would have to be guided for many people at the beginning so they would know what to do during those 60 minutes and be able to stick with it. Um, but, you know, even five or ten minutes uh, can be beneficial to close your eyes and try and just uh, focus on nothing, let your thoughts come and go, focus on your breathing, and uh, that simple concept alone can sometimes decrease anxiety and even blood pressure and make um, other health symptoms improve, all right? And finally, on the chiropractic front, like I always like to end, and it says here that manual therapy can change the carpal tunnel. So compression of the carpal tunnel can lead to wrist pain and numbness, which is known as carpal tunnel syndrome. A recent study investigated the dimensional changes of the carpal tunnel during manual mobilization of the carpal joints, a therapy often performed by chiropractors in the management of carpal tunnel syndrome. Using ultrasound, investigators measured the carpal tunnel of 18 volunteers at rest and during manual mobilization discovered that mobilization led to significant increases in the dimensions of the carpal tunnel. So a lot of people are prescribed surgery for this condition, but according to the Musculoskeletal Science and Practice Journal, April 2018, it might be good to pursue a non-invasive uh, treatment first with chiropractic care to see if that carpal tunnel syndrome improves and to actually have it diagnosed or assessed to see if it's true carpal tunnel syndrome because a lot of cases of hand and wrist numbness, tingling and pain uh, actually comes from areas higher in the arm, sometimes in the forearm, sometimes in the thoracic outlet near the shoulder and sometimes even from the neck itself, all right? So today's quote to get you going is from Frank Sinatra, good old blue eyes, and he says, the best revenge is massive success and of course, these days, uh, there's a lot of drive out there, people searching for this elusive success. But remember that success is just living a good life that you want to create for yourself. And it's not measured by any external things. It's all internal. So go out there, have a successful day, keep creating those great experiences. And I'm going to catch up with you next time.